chapter 23, Luke chapter 23, we're going to begin reading in verse 33, down through verse 37, hallelujah, Luke, Luke 23, 33 through 37, praise God. standing and when they were come to the place which is called Calvary there they crucified him and the malefactors one on the right hand and the other on the left then said Jesus father forgive them for they know not what they do they parted his raiment and they cast lots and the people stood beholding and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he be Christ, the chosen one of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him, offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. If thou be the king of the Jews, Save thyself. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you tonight from this little simple thought. They, somebody say, they know not. They know not. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. I don't know why the Lord pricked my heart. Amen. On those few words there. I read these scriptures recently. And when I came across verse uh, verse 34, where Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Amen. I don't know why that pricked my heart, but it did. Amen. And I have not been able to get away from it. Amen. Since, uh, praise God, the Lord touched my heart as I read that verse of Scripture. So I'm just going to share with you a few thoughts, amen, that I have tonight on this, on this verse of Scripture, on this subject tonight, amen, that we all need to be uh, aware of and Amen. And mindful of tonight, praise God. Hallelujah. It was a cruel, amen, it was cruel and wicked men, praise God, that crucified Jesus that day. It's not hard for us to come to that, amen, uh, that decision, praise God. These men had to be cruel. They had to be wicked, amen, to crucify our Savior, Jesus Christ, praise God. Hallelujah. And that is at least our opinion of them. Praise God. Our opinion of them, amen, or most of us tonight is that these had to be cruel and wicked men, amen, to crucify Jesus Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. But, amen, uh, trying to look at it from their perspective tonight, amen, they didn't see themselves as being cruel human beings. Praise God. No, they thought they had a righteous cause, amen, in crucifying Jesus Amen. Why do you say that, Brother Morrell? Well, their religious leaders had fought Jesus ever, ever since he came into his ministry. Praise God. They were told in their synagogues, amen, to stay away from the man. Hallelujah. He's a troublemaker. He's a lawbreaker. He's a renegade. Hallelujah. Amen. He's a false prophet. He's a deceiver of men. Hallelujah. That's all that these men that crucified him had heard, amen, from the religious crowd in the synagogues, amen, as they visited them every Saturday. Praise God. This man is nothing but a troublemaker, a lawbreaker, a renegade. Hallelujah. 
amen, that deserved what he was getting on that cross. So in their mind, amen, because of what their religious leaders told them, in their mind they were justified in crucifying Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. They, they, they'd heard that this man called Jesus ate with sinners. Hallelujah. That was against the rules. You didn't eat with sinners. You didn't eat with Samaritans. Hallelujah. You didn't keep company with smelly fishermen. Hallelujah. Uh, amen. They didn't care. Amen. If these things, amen, upset the religious leaders in town. Hallelujah. Uh, he, he, he spoke to the Samaritan woman by the well, and news had got out that he and her were out there alone, and he was speaking to the Samaritan woman, and a Jew that is truly a Jew does not speak with Samaritans. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. They'd heard that he didn't care if he upset the religious crowd of his day. Amen. And it was obvious when they observed him in his conversations with them. Amen. They, they probably thought, well, our religious leaders are telling us right. He don't care if he upsets them. Amen. Out in the public and out in front of, amen, the crowds of people. Praise God. And he... Uh, he belittles them in front of their congregations. Hallelujah. Amen. Even when he went to the temple, praise God, he, he kind of belittled them. Amen. In front of their congregations. Praise God. So uh, they knew he had done some miraculous things, but amen, felt that because he, uh, because he caused such an uproar in Jerusalem and in other cities that they were justified. They, they felt justified, amen, in crucifying him. That day, they thought they were crucifying a renegade, amen, when in reality, amen, a reality that some of them would soon understand, they were really crucifying the King of kings and Lord of lords, amen, but they didn't realize that that day, they didn't know that he was the King of kings and Lord of lords, they had listened to their religious leaders speak to them, amen, from the synagogues every Sabbath day. Praise God and remind them to stay away. Don't listen to him. He's a deceiver. Hallelujah. So, uh, so that day they were crucifying the King of kings and the Lord of glory. Praise God. So when Jesus says in these verses of Scripture, for they know not what they do, amen, hallelujah, you and I realize that, amen, that, 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 they, they, they'd probably done this many times before, uh, that these soldiers and these people had probably put many people on a cross before and crucified. Not only did Jesus get crucified that day, there were two malefactors that were beside him, and both of them got crucified the same day. Crucifixion was a common way of doing away, amen, with, uh, with the criminals in that day. Hallelujah. So when Jesus said they know not what they do, he wasn't talking about Amen, the process, amen, of crucifying men, amen, because they knew very well what they were doing. They knew how to crucify a man. They knew how to hang him on a cross. They knew how to prolong his suffering for hours and hours and hours and hours. They knew how to do that. Amen. They practiced it for many years now. Hallelujah. Amen. But when Jesus says they know not what they do, he was right. Amen. In the perspective that they didn't know who they were crucifying. 
They didn't know, amen, the man that were hanging, that was hanging there on that cross that day. Hallelujah. They didn't know that they were about, amen, to spill the blood of the spotless lamb. They didn't know, amen, that they were about to spill the blood, amen, that would cover a multitude of sin, the blood that would purchase redemption, amen, for everyone that would decide, amen, to believe in Jesus and follow him. Hallelujah. They didn't know that. Hallelujah. Amen. Through their very actions, redemption was going to come to us. They didn't know that. They didn't understand that. Hallelujah. So the blood that's 2,000 years, that 2,000 years later is still saving men today. The blood that they shed, amen, as they nailed his hands to that cross, as they put the the crown of thorns on his head, as they pierced his side with a spear. Hallelujah. They didn't know. Amen, that that blood would have such power, hallelujah, that 2,000 years later it would still be saving and still be healing men and women, boys and girls. Hallelujah. They didn't know that. They didn't know that. Verse 35 lets us know the people and the rulers stood around deriding him, saying, he saved others, let him save himself. They were mocking him. Amen. He saved others. Amen. Why don't he save himself? Hallelujah. Well, uh, amen. If he be the Christ, they didn't know that he was the Christ. They were asking the question, if he be the Christ, if he be the Messiah in the flesh, the chosen one of God, then why don't he save himself from the cross? They were mocking him, deriding him. Hallelujah. They didn't know that he was the chosen of God. Amen. And then the soldiers in verse 37, amen, joined 36 and verse 37, joined in mocking him. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering vinegar, saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save yourselves. It seemed like the whole crowd, amen, was cruelly, hallelujah, not just crucifying a man, but cruelly mocking him and reviling him and deriding him that day. Hallelujah. Amen. They offered him vinegar to drink, saying, If you truly are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Hallelujah. Well, they didn't know that he wouldn't have tried to save himself that day. Amen. Because that cross was the very purpose that he was born. Amen. That cross that that he bore that day, amen, was the very reason that he came into this world. Praise God. All of this cruelty aimed at a man that they simply did not know. Hallelujah. Amen. Without them realizing their actions brought into being the opportunity, amen, for men and women to be born again, set free from sin's clutches, made whole by the blood that they drew from his body that day. Hallelujah with the nails that they drove in his hands, with the whip that they put to his back, with the crown of thorns that they put on his head to the spear that they pierced his side with. They didn't know what they were doing. They played a part, amen. They played a part, hallelujah, amen, in, 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 in the history's greatest event without even realizing that they were playing a vital part, amen, in the salvation of men and women like us. Hallelujah. Unknowingly, amen, they played a part 
in the greatest event, amen, in the history of all mankind. Amen. What are you talking about, Brother Rell? I'm talking about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Hallelujah. Amen. The greatest event that ever took place was Jesus hanging on that cross. And men that didn't know him and didn't, didn't know any better than to do what they were doing that day. They thought they were crucifying a renegade, a deceiver, a liar. That's what they thought they were doing. They thought they were ridding their community, amen, of somebody that was not worthy to live, amen, in their city. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm glad I'm here tonight to say to you, I for one am glad that they did not know who he was. Hallelujah. I don't know how I can justify that other than 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 8. If you'll throw that on the screen. Amen. Which none of the princes of the world knew. Talking about Jesus. None of the princes of the world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Had they known him, they would not have crucified him. Had they understood him, his teachings... Amen. And what he had been preaching for three years and three and a half years of his earthly ministry. Had they listened to him. Had they understood him. Amen. Had they believed in him. Hallelujah. They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. So again, amen, verifying to us, these were men that did not know what they were doing. Hallelujah. Amen. The people didn't know. Amen. And we're talking about the princes of the world. I believe it's talking about, amen, uh, amen, all of the imps of hell. Amen. If the devil knew who he was, if, amen, all of the spirits of darkness knew who he was. Amen. They would have convinced those men that crucified him that day not to crucify him that day. Amen. Realizing, hallelujah, amen, that the blood that ran down that old rugged cross that day, hallelujah, would save a multitude, amen, of human beings from that day forward. Hallelujah. The people didn't know. The devil didn't know. But about 50 days later on the day of Pentecost, they found out all about Jesus. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 2, amen, and I know these are familiar readings to you, but we're going to read it again, amen. About 50 days later, hallelujah, they, they, they begin to find out about Jesus. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there, amen, appeared unto them cloven tongues like a fire. And it sat upon each of them. They were all, so I say all, filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews. Some of the same Jews that cried, crucify him. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and was confounded because that every man heard them speaking his own language. Amen. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all of these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in his own tongue wherein we were born? There were 17 different dialects spoken that day. Amen. And every man there, every woman there, every person there understood. Amen. What was being said that day. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Talking about a mighty God. Hallelujah. Talking about a mighty God. Verse 12. Hallelujah. And they were all amazed. Amen. And were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Hallelujah. Now, you got to understand, in this crowd, amen, is many men that were there on crucifixion day crying, crucifying, probably casting their boat, amen, with the chief priest to have him crucified. Hallelujah. Amen. They were there, amen, on the day of Pentecost when these 120 people came out of the upper room, spilled out into the streets of Jerusalem, amen, speaking in other tongues, hallelujah, and everybody around heard the message, amen, because they were speaking in their language, a language that they did not naturally know. Amen. But the Holy Ghost knew who were there. Amen. The Spirit of God knew who were there. Amen. And God knew how to get their attention. And when he got their attention, amen, they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? When they asked that question, amen, what meaneth this? Amen. All of a sudden, hallelujah, amen, God knew that they were ready, amen, to have an understanding of what had happened. What meaneth this? Amen. They still didn't know. Hallelujah. But there was a revelation about to come to them. Amen. Just who they had crucified on that cross. Amen. A revelation was fixing to come down to them. Hallelujah, when they said, what meaneth this? Amen. The Apostle Peter spends about 10 or 12, amen, verses here. Amen, just pinpointing them as the culprits, hallelujah, of having crucified Jesus and hung him on the cross. Hallelujah. Amen. And then in uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse 36, amen, the Bible says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly, Amen, that God had made that same Jesus whom you have crucified. Amen, both Lord and Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. So here a revelation is coming to them. Amen. And when they heard that they had crucified the Savior, amen, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, amen, we're talking about people who you and I would deem to be cruel, wicked men who crucified Jesus 50 days prior to this, amen, in Jerusalem. Praise God. We, we look at these people as wicked and cruel people. And I want you to understand, Peter, when he looked over that crowd, he knew that these men were in that crowd and crucify the Lord. He knew that some of these men had been enemies of Jesus Christ. He knew that some of these men had fought him tooth and nail, amen, throughout his whole ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. So Peter and the rest of the disciples and all of those that were filled in the Holy Ghost was looking out in this crowd and seeing, amen, wicked, cruel, amen, vile individuals that had hung their Savior on that cross, hallelujah, amen, they knew they were there, amen, but when those same men cried out, men and brethren, what must we do, hallelujah, they didn't say to them, 
Amen. Well, the first thing you got to do is you've got to apologize to us for crucifying our Savior. No, you got to get on your hands and knees and, and beg, amen, for our mercy because we were there and we saw you in the crowd. We heard some of your voices crying out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Hallelujah. No, amen, somehow, amen, the power of the Holy Ghost, amen, let Peter Amen. And all of the rest of the apostles realized something. Hallelujah. Those men that were crying, crucify him that day, amen, did not know and did not understand what they were doing. And because they didn't, amen, they were gloriously filled, amen, with the power of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Amen. So instead of telling these men, amen, you got to apologize to us. You got to Beg for our mercy. No. Peter looked at him and realized, hey, these men's hearts had been pricked. These men's minds had been stirred. These men realized, hallelujah, that they really did, amen, crucify their Lord and their God. Hallelujah. Amen. And when they asked Peter and the apostles what must they do, then Peter said unto them, simply repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you, your children, and to all that are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. Amen. So when they asked the question, what meaneth this? And then they followed up that question with, what must we do? Hallelujah. Peter just simply gave them the plan of salvation. Hallelujah. He just told them, hey, you need to repent. You need to get baptized in water in Jesus' name. You need, to get, you need to get filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you know what they did? Some of those men that crucified Jesus responded to that in such a positive way. Hallelujah. That out of that crowd that was in Jerusalem, that day 3,000 souls, hallelujah, the Bible says, 3,000 souls, amen, were added to the church that day. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 41, then they that gladly received the word were baptized, and that same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Hallelujah. Amen. So here we find God, amen, reaching out to those that even crucified him, showing grace and showing mercy. Amen. Some of them were the ones that were mocking him and railing on Jesus while he was hanging on the cross. Did Jesus hold it against them? No, because they didn't know. Amen. But today, on the day of Pentecost, amen, their eyes are being opened to the truth. Amen. That they needed a Savior. Hallelujah. Before they were ignorant. Amen. Not knowing they needed a Savior, but on the day of Pentecost, amen, they found out they needed a Savior. And the blood, amen, of the one that they hung on that cross, Amen, was the one that was going to save them and the blood that could save them. Hallelujah. Amen. That day there were 3,000 of those Jews that were born again of the water and of the spirit. 3,000 souls. Hallelujah. Oh, I know we, amen, we hear preaching from these scriptures a lot. Hallelujah. But it, don't, it, it should never get old to us. Amen. But there's something in particular tonight that I want to bring from this in just a little bit. Amen. Joseph's story in the Old Testament. 
kind of mirrors what Jesus said. Remember the types and shadows? Praise God if there's a type. Amen. If there's something, amen, that God wants us to see in the New Testament, there's usually a shadow of it. Amen. In the Old Testament. Praise God. In Genesis chapter 30 or 45, I believe it is. Here I want to read a few verses of Scripture. Genesis chapter 45, verse 5, reading down. If I can find it. All right. Five. Now, therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Oh, God. Hallelujah. What a type and shadow. Amen. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there were five years in which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither. Amen. But God. Hallelujah. He's taking the pressure off of his brothers. Hallelujah. Amen. I know you carried it out. Amen. But it wasn't you. It was God that sent me down here. Hallelujah. Jesus could have said, amen, or the apostles could have said the same thing that day. Amen. To those that crucified Jesus. Hey, we know you crucified him. Amen. But it was God's purpose for him to be crucified. Hallelujah. God sent him here. Amen. God sent him here. Hallelujah. So that you could have a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all of his house and a ruler throughout all of the land of Egypt. Haste ye and go up to my father and say unto him, Thus saith the son Joseph, thy son Joseph, God had made me lord over all of Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. Thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt not. Thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children. Hallelujah. Amen. You remember the promise of Acts chapter 2 and the promise unto you and your children, your children's children. Amen. This mirrors it. Amen. And thy flocks and thy herds and all that thou hast. Hallelujah. Joseph had been hated by his brothers. Amen. Joseph had been treated cruelly by his brothers. Joseph had been sold by his brothers to a traveling band. Amen. That eventually sold him to Potiphar. There at Potiphar's house, he was lied on, thrown in prison for something he was not guilty of doing. Hallelujah. And years later, Joseph became the second in command in Egypt. A famine hits the land, and all of his family came to him for food. Hallelujah. And, then, and he reveals to his brothers, God was in this all alone. God was in this all alone. Joseph, the despised one, in the end, listen, Joseph, the despised one, Joseph, the one that was sold out, huh? in the end, he became the savior of his family. Hallelujah. Amen. A perfect mirror of what Christ did. Amen. On Calvary. Well, you may be sitting here tonight and saying, well, brother, what does all this mean to us? <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I got a few thoughts here. Oh, we're not just reading, amen, the Bible and reading about the 
the historical facts in the Bible, praise God, just to be doing it. Amen. It's got to mean something to us today. Hallelujah. Amen. In, in Peter, 1 Peter. I'll try not to be up here long tonight. I know it's Wednesday night. You got kids, you got to get in bed and get them to school tomorrow. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? But, and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. Be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and, in fe- and, and fear. Having a good conscience that, whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me just say a few things here tonight and get out of the way. If we follow the Lord, amen, the way that God wants us to follow Him, there will be people in our lives, there will be people in our families, there will be people on our jobs who will not understand us. They didn't understand Joseph. They thought he was a crazy dreamer. They thought he was a nutcase. Here's this guy dreaming about all of us bowing down to him. Even his father allowed him down to him. They thought Joseph was a nutcase. They sold him out. When Jesus came along, they thought the same thing about him. Hey, this guy's a nutcase. We've never seen nobody like him like this guy. Hallelujah. Here we are today. Filled with the same Holy Ghost that Jesus had. The same spirit that dwelled in his body and his temple now dwells in our temple. Hallelujah. The spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Is living inside of us. And here we are. Amen. In this world tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. We are living in a world. Amen. That does not understand us. I know we are commanded to share our testimony Amen. With anybody that will listen to us. Uh, amen. If you get an opportunity to share your testimony, whether it's uh, among family or among friends or among co-workers or neighbors down the street. Hallelujah. Every opportunity we get, we need to share our testimony. Amen. With somebody. Hallelujah. But let me go ahead and tell you now. Amen. Everybody's not going to believe your testimony. They just won't. They don't understand you. They don't understand what you claim to have. They don't understand, amen, hallelujah, how that one trip to an altar, amen, can completely change a human being and their direct. They don't understand that. They don't understand the Holy Ghost. They don't understand speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. They don't understand healing and miracles and signs and what. They don't understand us. They don't understand what we talk about. They don't understand what we preach about. Hallelujah. Amen. They may even go away. Hallelujah. And mock you and make fun of you and revile you and say all manner of evil against you. 
just like they did Joseph and just like they did Jesus. Amen. Some of you are going to be persecuted. Peter, let us know. Hallelujah. If it's God's will that you get persecuted, you're going to be persecuted. But we get persecuted for a reason. Hallelujah. We get persecuted so that we can show our character. So that we're not made out of the same stuff that the world is made out of. There's something better inside of us. There's something greater inside of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That stands up in us. Amen. It makes us do the right thing under even under the worst circumstances. Hallelujah. Amen. That spirit of God stands up in us. Hallelujah. We don't fight them. Amen. We don't we don't fuss with them. We don't revile them back. Amen. Even when they are speaking all manner of evil against us. Hallelujah. Amen. We let God fight our battles. Right? People today don't understand what it is to be redeemed by the blood. You go testifying, I've been redeemed by the blood. Amen. The blood's been applied to my soul. They don't, they don't have a clue what you're talking about. They think you're some cruel nutcase. Amen. That can boast and brag and a man dying and then his blood will be applied to you. That's the way the worldly mind works. They can't understand the redemptive power that was in the blood of Jesus. Amen. They, 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 they don't understand what it is to be redeemed by the blood, to be born again, to be renewed, to be regenerated, to be a new man, to be a new creature, to be a new person. Hallelujah. They just don't understand it. They can't comprehend, like I said earlier, that how that one trip to an altar can change direction. Amen. For somebody's entire life. Hallelujah. Amen. But even though they don't understand us today, amen, we don't give up. Amen. God can. God can. Amen. And God will turn the whole situa- uh, situation around for us. Amen. If we simply don't give up. Amen. You and I got to hang on and serve God and not give up, no matter how they revile us. Malchus, say all manner of evil against us. We got to keep on living for God. You know why? Amen. Because later on in life, hallelujah, later on down the road, amen, when tragedy strikes or when disease sets in or when troubles come by alcohol or drug abuse, Marriages end up in divorce or someone goes to prison, amen, facing many years, amen, of prison because of, amen, what they got involved in out there and alcohol and, amen, and drugs. And they got into stealing and robbing and, 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 and doing all kinds of manner of, uh, of ungodliness, hallelujah. And a lot of them, amen, get caught and they end up in prison, hallelujah. They lose their job. They lose their family. They lose everything, Hallelujah. we got a young man now, Sister Mel and I do have a young man now that writes us very often from prison. Hallelujah. He writes letter after letter after letter after letter. And sometimes when I, when I, when I have time to respond to him, amen, by letter, I, I feel like I'm saying the same things to him over and over and over again. You know, 
you know, I'm not going to call his name because you probably most of you, a lot of you know who he is. But, you know, I just keep encouraging him. Hey, you got to live for God in prison. Hey, man, you got you to go to Bible study. You got to, you know, you got to ask for an apostolic preacher to come visit you. Hey, man, he's several states away. Hey, man, I said just ask the, the you know, the people to get you an apostolic preacher in there to, to talk to you, to counsel with you and all this kind of stuff. And, hey, man, and, and it seems like I'm just repeating myself over and over and over and over and over. That's all I know to do. Hey, man, all I know to do with the guy that ended up in prison is tell him, hey, you need God. Amen. When it's time for you to get out of prison, you don't need to go back to those old ways. Hallelujah. And supposedly he's had a change in his life and he's doing much better. And amen. And he's making plans of getting out of prison and coming to church. We'll see. I hope he does. I hope he does. Hallelujah. But when that phone starts ringing, amen, because God has used something else to get their attention. Amen, and your phone starts ringing, hallelujah. Amen, and those people that have been your enemies for years and years and years, amen, start asking you for prayer. Will you talk with me, hallelujah. Amen, will you help me find my way to God when your phone starts ringing? Hallelujah. Let me tell you what you're going to do. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. I'm not going to even give you a choice what you're going to do. I'm just going to tell you what you're going to do. Amen. When those that have been your enemies start calling, asking for help, you know what you're going to do? You're going to do the same thing that I'm going to do. Amen. We're going to reach out and help those folks. That's exactly what we're going to do. Amen. Hallelujah. When they say, will you pray for me? We're going to pray for them. When will they say, will you talk with me? We're going to talk with them. When, will you, when, you, when, you, when they ask us, will you help me find my way to church? Will you help me find my way to God? Guess what we're going to do? We're going to help them. That's what Joseph did. Amen. That's what Jesus did. Amen. We're going to put all of our hurt and pain aside just like they did. And we're going to reach out and help those. Who have hurt us the worst. Have you ever wondered why some people can just hurt you with seemingly no conscience at all? How they can deride you and run your name down and and, and just 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 you know talk about you and gossip about you with no with no no conscience seem like whatsoever. Let me tell you something, when God stirs up their conscience. Amen. Well, you just, we, you and I just got to keep on doing the right thing, right? We got to just keep on going to church, keep on living for God. We can't give up on God. Hallelujah. And when God touches them and they reach out for us, to us for help, amen, even the ones that have hurt us the most, we're going to help them. Somebody say, I want to be more like Christ. Well, he's saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Some of those same men that crucified him that day and was responsible for his death. Hallelujah. If we are honest here tonight and we say we want to be more like Christ, then let's understand. When people mock us, revile us, and they try to crucify us in their own way, amen, they do it because they don't know any better. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me clarify that. Most people don't know any better. Amen. I'm convinced that some of them do know exactly what they're doing, but they're doing it anyway. Amen. Trying to cause all the hurt and pain that they can. But in, in general, 
family members that don't go to church. Amen. Neighbors that don't go to church. Uh, co-workers that don't know God. Hallelujah. When they mock you and revile you and run you down. Hallelujah. It's simply because they don't know, know better. Amen. When we pray, God, open their eyes. Amen. When we pray for these people, hallelujah, that hurt us so often, amen, God, open their eyes. Whatever it takes, Lord, save even our enemies. I pray it all the time. I pray it every, every Monday night when we come down here for prayer. I'm up here praying. I'm, I, 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 I repeat it every Monday night. God, save even my enemies because I don't want to see nobody go to hell. Hallelujah. Save even mine enemies. Let's not be surprised when God's will is done and he opens their eyes to the knowledge that they also can be born again and have the same Holy Ghost that you've got. Hallelujah. When God starts stirring their heart, when God starts sending conviction their way, ain't nothing going to change them until God convicts them of their sin. Amen. And when God starts reaching for them and conviction comes to them, hallelujah, and God, amen, starts talking to them in the middle of the night, amen, while they're trying to rest and sleep, amen, but they can't rest and sleep because God, amen, is laying there or standing there by their bed, amen, and is whispering to them, hallelujah, how they, meet, how they need to make things right, amen, with him and with you and with everybody else they've ever hurt. Hallelujah. What are, we, what are you going to do when your enemies start reaching out to you? Well, it's something to think about tonight. I know it don't happen all the time. Amen. But periodically, amen, through my 40 years of serving God, I've had people that I thought just literally hated my guts. Amen. Come to a crossroads. Amen. Of tragedy, of sickness, of, amen, ended up in prison or losing a job or, Amen. Needing somebody, amen, to, 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 to just sit down and talk to them. Amen. I've had those people to call on me. Amen. And as far as I remember and as far as I know, I've never turned any of them down. And I wouldn't turn them down tonight. Hallelujah. If they came asking for help. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to help them. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to pray for them. Guess what we're going to do when God starts stirring their heart and soul? We're going to invite them to the house of God. Amen. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to pray for them. When they come to the altar, we're going to get up there and help them pray through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because somebody was there helping us to pray through to the Holy Ghost. My wife got in church six months before I did. Uh, you know, and I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I just really wasn't real happy about her decision get in church, you know, because I had my mind, you know, I had my plans and my mindset, amen, things I wanted to do and things, I, places I wanted to go and all this kind of stuff. She got in church, uh, hallelujah, amen. I, I was never cruel to my wife, uh, I, you know, or anything like that. I let her go to church, never fought her about going to church, never fought her about taking our kids to church, never fought her about when she come to me and said, hey, if we pay our tithes, we'll be blessed. I said, let's pay our tithes. I was a sinner. I was a sinner. I said, let's pay tithes. <laughs> I was wanting everything God would give me, you know. I, I was wanting money. You know, I, I didn't fight her. I didn't fight her. But, you know, I didn't always treat her 
like I should have treated her either. Praise God. I'm sure there were times that I complained and fussed and, amen, and did, you know, and that kind of thing, just trying to aggravate her, you know, trying to pull her out of church. You know, hey, we'd go over here if you weren't going to church. We'd go over there, you know. But she never would listen. She went to church faithfully and dedicated then because she did. Amen. I, I'm not considering myself her enemy because I wasn't her enemy, but at times I'm sure that I worked against her. Hallelujah. But you know what? Amen. She just kept going to church, kept praying for me. And six months later, amen, I went to church, amen, the first Sunday night, amen, of March of 1979. I ended up in an altar of repentance, amen, crying out to God, repenting of my sins, amen, surrendering my heart and life to God. And that was 40-plus years ago now. Hallelujah. Amen. We can have vile enemies, or we can just have enemies that just subtly Say little things and do little things. You know, try to get our mind working in an adverse way against God's will in our lives. Hallelujah. And uh, tonight, amen, when, uh, when we need help, my wife was right there when I repented. She was right there when I received the Holy Ghost. She was right there the night that I got baptized. She's been with me every step of the way. Praise God. And I appreciate her for doing that. Pray. I appreciate the fact she didn't give up on me and didn't stop praying for me and Amen. She just kept on living for God and going to church. Praise God. Because if I had talked her out of going to church, amen, I probably wouldn't be in church today. Amen. She probably wouldn't be in church today. But we're still in church today because she kept on living for God. Amen. Hallelujah. We had old friends, old acquaintances. Amen. They'd done everything that they could. Amen. When I got in church, my friends came and sat down on my couch and they said, I'll give you two weeks and you'll be smoking pot with us again. <laughs> two weeks came and left. I called them on the phone. I said, what happened? Two weeks done come and gone. I ain't smoking dope with you. I, I, in fact, amen, I'll never smoke dope with you again. I'll never drink another beer with you. I'll never smoke another cigarette with you. I'll never go to another party with you. You know what? I never did. Amen. They didn't understand it then. Some of them probably still wouldn't understand it today. Amen. But when God comes into your life and makes a change in you, amen, here's one thing that we all need to understand. Everybody's not going to understand us. Hallelujah. But when they start reaching out to us for help, we got to be there, amen, to lend that helping hand. I don't know if you got anything out of that or not. I know I did. Hallelujah. I know that I did. I know it helps me every little bit. This, I'm sure, is just a, considered a little bit tonight. Amen. But every little bit helps. The more I understand God and the ways of God and the things of God and how God works. Hallelujah. What could be more precious? What could be more precious to us than to have enemies for years and years and years and years. And then just all of a sudden get a phone call and say, I need your help. And I need your prayers. You invite them to church. They come to church. They hear the man of God preach. And they respond by going to the altar. Hallelujah. And you get the opportunity to get out of your seat. Amen. And walk up to that altar and lay hands on that person that's been your enemy. For all those years. You get the privilege of helping them pray through to a new birth. You get the privilege of helping them become a new creature in Christ Jesus.
a new man, a new woman, a new boy, a new girl. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, amen, to see the splendid, amen, design that God has. Amen. Hallelujah. How that he can change a man, change a woman, change a heart. Amen. Hallelujah. In just a moment's time. And we can be a part of that if we'll just keep on living for God and keep on helping those that ask us for the help that they need. Hallelujah. If you'd stand at your feet tonight, we'll just, maybe if they want to sing a song here, we'll just, I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar. You just stand right where you are. Just for a few seconds. It's just 940. Amen. Just for a moment or two here, let's just reflect on the words of the song that they're going to sing. Let's reflect on what we've heard here tonight. Do you have an enemy? Won't it be a great day when your enemy becomes your best friend? Oh, God. What a glorious day that'll be. To be a sanctuary. Oh, yes. Pure and holy. What a glorious day. Tried and true. When we get to pray some of our enemies through to the Thanksgiving. What a wonderful day. Living sanctuary. Hallelujah. God, let me grow in your love. Let me grow in your mercy. Let me grow in your grace. Let me grow in your will and your way. To be a sanctuary. Pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary. to see them here tonight. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.